Hey, what's up? This is Josh Circle. want to say thanks for tuning in to America's pre-pregame show at Kickoff Express right here on the old House of Pute channel. We're going to put episodes up here every week. Hope you check them out and enjoy it. And, of course, you are welcome to take a dip into the old House of Pute archives and enjoy all the analysis, interviews, and fun we had from way back when. My goodness, that was some time ago. In the meantime, here's more of America's pre-pre-game show. It's Kickoff Express. Josh Circle. Yes? Welcome back to America's NFL pre-pre-game show. It's Kickoff Express. Today on the show, the great Brown Hope debuts in Cleveland. We check in with Tony Romo on his second job and picks for almost every game in week three. And now, your master of ceremonies and the only man who knows the capital of Thailand, Josh Circle. Welcome back. It is Kickoff Express. I'm Josh Zirkel. You may call me Josh Zirkel. My goodness. I don't know if I have ever been as excited about a Thursday night football game as I was a couple nights ago. We'll get to that in a minute. The debut of Baker Mayfield, a very big deal. We are going to run down the week three slate. We'll pick almost every game. I'll explain that in a minute. Tony Romo took over for John Gruden in a Somewhat prestigious job. We will check in with him in a, a manner of speaking later in the show. But first, how about them Browns? Unbelievable. Maybe not unbelievable. But consider that the Browns had only won one game since the end of the 2015 season. And everybody wants to go, well, they haven't won a game in... 650 days. Like, they weren't playing every week. You realize there is a large portion of the calendar where the Browns are not playing football. You could just as easily say that before week one, the Patriots hadn't won a game in six months. Absolutely stupid. You would not say that. And yet here we are. Talking about how the Browns had not won a game in 600 however many days. The beer was locked up in victory coolers scattered across the city of Cleveland. Set to release whenever the Cleveland Browns would win a game. And I'll be honest, I did not think it was going to happen against a, a good Jets team. Neither team played very well in the first half. Somehow the Jets managed to be up 14 points. Tyrod Taylor takes uh, an injury to the brain. Concussion protocol is in effect. He goes in the tent. He's ruled out for the game. And in comes the rookie from Oklahoma, Baker Mayfield. And if you're watching the game, and if you were in the stadium, certainly, you could feel, you could feel it. I mean, you could see it. You could hear it on the, on the telecast, but you could feel it. That the great brown hope had finally emerged to bring, you don't want to say a championship. You don't even want to say like victor. I mean, just, just a sense of hope. Literally hope. And to be fair to Tyrod Taylor, 
there is a, a sensitivity when you're celebrating after a guy gets a concussion. And we're not celebrating the concussion, to be clear. Because I think the, the stakes are a little bit higher than that for Tyrod Taylor. Who was supposed to be the guy that gave Baker Mayfield a chance to learn to watch the game for the sideline for a year. We hear so often about how rookies are thrust into the spotlight and need that year or two or three to develop, to understand the speed of the game. And there's a case to be made whether you're going to be doing that or not. There is a case to be made that if the rookie is the more talented player, that he should be in there right away. That we should not pretend... And and I don't know if this is what was happening at Cleveland or not. I watched the same preseason games that you guys did. I watched the same first two games of the season that you guys did. Very good defense in Pittsburgh. Not a very good defense in New New Orleans. He was competent in both of those games. Tyrod Taylor. Maybe not good, certainly not great. And then comes out in a short week against the Jets before the game. Excuse me, before his injury. One for 11 in passes beyond the line of scrimmage. So every time he had to throw the ball forward, 10 incompletions, and one guy caught it. Was missing open receivers downfield. Not getting the job done. And then Tyron, unfortunately, Hugh Jackson is not going to take him out of the game. There are a number of reasons for that. We mentioned the learning curve. I would think a guy who went on with 16 last year would be in some sort of hurry to play his best players. That's just me. So Tyron Taylor goes down. Baker Mayfield strides triumphantly onto the field, completes a couple quick passes, and the place is going nuts. I've never, never heard a stadium cheer a 14-yard gain the way they did when Baker Mayfield completed that first pass of Jarvis Landry. I've never heard that. They get a little drive going. They march down the field. It's fourth and short. Of course, Hugh Jackson wants to kick it. (laughs) It's 11-point game of the half. And then Todd Bowles, the Jets coach, decides, why don't we sit on this lead for 30 minutes? And we'll just let Isaiah Crowell carry us to victory. Well, spoiler alert, that didn't work out. The Browns made some plays in the second half. Rashard Higgins made a tremendous catch at the end of the the sideline in the third quarter. Guys were balling out for him. He had time to throw. He was pump faking. He looked like he'd been playing there all season. For a couple seasons. And the feeling as the game went on in the second half was not, oh, the Browns might have a shot at this. No. The feeling was they're going to win. The Browns are going to win this game. Todd Bowles couldn't stop it. Jets defense couldn't stop it. 
That was the same Jets defense that humiliated Matthew Stafford like 11 days ago. And this kid from Oklahoma just ran roughshod on him. Browns fans ate it up. Free beer for the Browns. Free beer for everybody. How long had they been waiting for a moment like that? I mean, it's a Thursday night game. I mean, those games are kind of a coin flip anyway. Short week. People are still hurt. How long have they been waiting for that? Taste of victory. They had been waiting 650-some days for that. I'll give you that. But it was a fun game to watch, and it was a, the word metamorphosis is not too strong here. Hugh Jackson was asked after the game if Mayfield's going to start next week. And he said, uh, everybody had this. I think ESPN picked this up, but everybody had this. He said, I have to see the tape. Which is, which is something coaches say when they don't want to answer a question right away. And sometimes they don't know. You can't see what's happening on the field. Think about it. The head coach probably has the worst vantage point compared to the vantage point the fans have in maybe any other sport. He's at field level. He's got officials running back and forth in front of his face. He doesn't have the vantage point that that we do on TV. I'd have to see the tape. I don't think you'd have to see the tape. I think you know exactly who you're going to start next week. Especially since, oh, by the way, your starter has a concussion. And I'm not saying that Tyrod Taylor is done at Cleveland. There's, that's a ridiculous thing to say. First of all, even if you could cut him, which you can't, even if you could, you won't. He's got a $16 million cap number. It's just for the end of the year. He's done. He's a free agent at the end of this season. And if it's a bizarre situation, if you looked at what happened to him at Buffalo, how he restructured his deal there, basically took $20 million guaranteed off the table so he'd have a chance to play in the NFL again. I don't know about you, but I'm taking that $20 million and I'm, I'm buying an island someplace. But I digress. Some people said he didn't get a fair shake at Buffalo. And I was one that, that got excited when I heard the news that he got traded to Cleveland for a third-round pick and would be the incumbent starter, if you will. And the draft was two months away. It was, the trade was in March. The draft was two months away. And, and this is the way the veterans like it. They want to do free agency before the rookies come in. And take everybody's money, and take everybody's jobs, so on and so forth. But Taylor goes to the Browns, the team that has the first and fourth overall picks in the draft. And everybody's like, oh, they're going to take Sam Darnold. Oh, they might take Josh Allen. Mayfield was not the number one guy, according to people that were speaking on those things. They draft Baker Mayfield first overall. Hugh announces that he's going to sit. And there's a couple. There's a couple good reasons for that. Number one, yes, it gives your rookie. It gives a guy a chance to learn the game. It also takes the pressure off of his learning. 
If you're studying for something the night before a test, you're going to study differently than if the test is a week away. Or if you're me, you're not going to study at all. But there is a greater chance to absorb when your feet are not being held to the fire. And job security for you. Although I don't understand how you could go, oh, it's 16 and still have your job. And then play the long game over the course of the season. Now, maybe the management had a plan for that. I don't know. But you can't look at what happened in that game with Tyrod going one for 11 on passes that went past the line of scrimmage and watching Baker Mayfield play in that second half. You cannot tell me that they didn't know Baker Mayfield was head and shoulders above what Tyrod was capable of doing. And sometimes this happens, you know. You get buyer's remorse in the NFL all the time. Look at the Saints last year. Signed Adrian Peterson at free agency. And then two months later drafted Alva Kamara. Kamara set the world on fire while Peterson was complaining about his carries. And then Peterson's gone. I'm like, we don't need you. I think it was a fortunate situation for Baker. He and Taylor had a rapport. They had the quarterback RV at training camp. They had a chance to work together to learn that offense. They were both new, both coming into to that system. It was fortunate the way that it worked out. Uh, but make no mistake, Tyrod Taylor's just been Wally pipped. For those of you that, that understand... Uh, Baseball history. Wally Pipp was a player for the Yankees who sat out. He went to the manager. wasn't feeling great. Sat went to the manager said, I got a headache. I don't want to play today. Manager said, okay, we're going to play this other guy named Joe DiMaggio. So DiMaggio makes his major league debut because some guy felt like taking a day off. So DiMaggio goes four for four. And the manager goes back to Wally Pipp's like, hey, why don't you take tomorrow off too? Pip never saw the field again. That is where we are with Baker Mayfield. Great brown hope. Mayfield uh, looked just as poised in interviews after the game. Gave a shout out to Carlos Hyde, who, by the way, had a pregnant wife in the hospital. We saw before the game, went to the stadium, went back to the, to the hospital after the game. Guy's good. He's going to be fun to watch. Great brown hope, man. I'm telling you. All right, we are going to get to the rest of the week three slate. We have a lot of games to get to. A lot of good games. It's some really, probably one or two great games that I can't wait to break down. We're checking with Tony Romo in a manner of speaking. We've got all that and more coming up next. This is America's pre-pregame show. It's Kickoff Express. Hi, this is Josh Circle. Wanted to say thanks again for listening to Kickoff Express, America's pre-pregame show, right here on the old House of Punte stream, available on iTunes. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Kickoff Express.
Welcome back to uh, Takeoff Express. It's America's pre-pregame show. Baker Mayfield, uh, he's good. That looks like a first-round pick well spent by the Cleveland Browns. Good for them. You know, the NFL is more fun when every team has a shot. And and I like – and look, the Patriots dynasty being what it is, and if you still, you want to call it a dynasty, we can, we can have that argument another time. If you want to connect their – 2017 Super Bowl victory to what happened 17 years ago where you have a quarterback who's the same guy, a head coach is the same guy, and literally nobody else. That's fine. That's fine if that's what you want to do. Dynasties are fine. The league is more fun when everybody else has a shot. Jacksonville's good. Cleveland looks pretty good now, too. The title of league doormat is one that should be floating around, and I'm glad to see that happen. And I said, I said as somebody rooted for the Bengals my entire life. Congratulations to Cleveland. If anybody's earned it, my goodness, it's certainly you. Now, all right, we're gonna have a little fun here. Let's see how this goes. Tony Romo here at the Corona Hotline. Tony Romo. Your birthday with the two-digit month, two-digit day, and four-digit year. How about this? We're on the phone with Tony Romo. I'm so glad to hear it. Tony, it's so great to uh, finally be on the phone with you as I put in my four-digit year. Awesome. Looks like we're all set. Yes. Let's get started. Let's get started. Football weekend can be hectic. To stay centered on game day with one of my Romo reflections, press 1. To tap into my renowned powers of prediction and reveal your football future, press 2. To enter for a chance to win poolside seats in Vegas for the big game and instantly win Corona Game Day gear, press 3. No purchase necessary. For sweepstakes details, press 9. Or to hear me say all that one more time, press pound. No, I'm good. I think it's some Romo reflections might be in order. So why don't we go ahead and press 1 here. We'll get Sorry, some- I didn't catch that. Football weekends can be hectic. To stay centered on game day with one of my Romo reflections, press 1. To tap into my render. How about that? Okay. Okay. Time to get your mind right with a little football enlightenment. Let's see. First, relax. Inhale. Exhale. Good. Now, here's your very own Romo reflection. Okay. It's very soothing. Friends don't grow on trees, but luckily, avocados do. Oh, yeah. Rest assured, someone will show up to game day with guacamole. Deep, right? No. Come back if you need another reflection to find your game day beach. For now, I'm sending you back to the main menu. Ugh. Can we do better in this, please? Football weekends can be hectic. To stay centered on... Let's try one more row of reflection. Okay. Time to get your mind right with a little football enlightenment. Uh, You better pick it up, First, relax. This is bad. Inhale. Exhale. Good. Now, here's your very own Romo reflection. <sighs> you don't have to wait for a touchdown to do a touchdown dance. Yes, you do. Let life be your touchdown. And no. Dance on. Dance on, you crazy touchdown dancer. You spent money on this? 
deep, right? No. Come back if you need another reflection. I think I'm good. All right, that was Tony Romo. I'm glad we had a chance to to spend a couple minutes with him. That's just that's so great. All right. We're going to get to the we've been doing a thing where we kind of jump into these games and then talk about what's happening in the context of the game. Now, listen, some of you, in light of the recent Supreme Court ruling, some of you are going out and betting on sports. Hey, that's great. But you got to know what you're doing. So this is part, this is somewhat geared toward that. And we're going to break down to start a game which I find to be a little bit squirrely. Packers at Redskins. Washington, one of, um, I think, only two teams today getting points at home. Three three teams, excuse me. Arizona's getting six and a half, hosting Chicago. Detroit's getting seven at New Orleans. I think you could, or hosting New Orleans, excuse me. I think you can guess where I come down on that game. Packers at, at Washington's a little, little more squirrely. For a number of reasons. Now, look, I said at the beginning of the year. I don't know if I, I don't know if I said it here. I said it uh, on my Pack a Day podcast, which I do with a couple other of uh, Green Bay maniacs, and it's a lot of fun, and we have a good time. So we're talking Packers, and we look at the schedule at the beginning of the year. We're like, all right, you've got two division games right off the bat. You've got Chicago at home. Excuse me, Chicago, and then Minnesota. At home. And I said, if you go one and one in those games, that's good. I had a lot of respect for Chicago, still do. A lot of respect for the Vikings. A very, they were very, look, you could say that they were both very fortunate to tie that game, but also say they got screwed out of winning that game by that bogus roughing the passer call. And, and I've tried really hard to, 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 to not discuss this because, now look, we want to cover all the bases here, but at the same time, we want fresh takes. We want to keep it fresh. Think of this as like your football take produce stand. And the other thing is, there, there's no other side to have to this. And, I, and you even, even hear the people, well, they're trying to keep the game safe. It's such a half-hearted delivery because they know they're killing football with these new sets of rules. That you can't put your weight on the quarterback as you tackle him? How is that football? The whole, the whole act of tackling is imposing force on his body so he falls over. But you can't put your weight on him. <laughs> kidding me <coughs> you're kidding me now look I could take a motorcycle and I could put training wheels on it and it would be a lot safer but it would not be a motorcycle and that's where we are with football now you are changing the game and, and I don't like talk because like listen you don't go to an arrest. You don't go to a restaurant to review the food and then complain about the silverware. I, 
I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm frustrated with this, and I just I I cannot articulate in a sane, sensible way how stupid these rules are. And I find it bothersome, and I'm trying to stay away from it. And now I will try to do that again. Back to the game at hand. Aaron Rodgers coming off a tie against Minnesota. I am still waiting for Aaron Rodgers to get injured again. He is an injury risk. This guy is is Nomar Garciaparra. Football version. He got hurt in week one, left, came back. He's going to be playing in pain with that knee for the rest of the season. I don't care what anybody says. He just signed a, a big, big extension. There's a lot of pressure for him to live up to it. Even though this team, in terms of what you look at around the league, is not the greatest compliment to him. They did spend some money. They did bring in Jimmy Graham. They do have a very deep receiving core. I think Mike Pettin's defense is not quite where it needs to be. And then you look across the sideline to Washington. Good, but not great. Alex Smith is the embodiment of this team. Good, but not great. And sometimes not even good. I mean, they're, they're about average. They're, you look at, like, DVOA, expected wins. I mean, they're, they're, like, right down the middle. 14th, 16th, just about everything. This defense, though, is pretty good. They had their hands full with Andrew Luck last week. But this is pretty good defense. And so you look at the line. Skins getting three at home against Green Bay. I mean, look, that's, that's enticing to me. And I think I, I, think I will take that uh, Skins plus three. What do you think about that? By the way, poll question. We didn't get to it earlier. We like to do this out of the break. You can answer this now at Kickoff Express. Find us on Twitter at Kickoff Express. Vote the poll. See the results. Amaze your friends. So on and so forth. Uh, the poll question today. Will Aaron Rodgers finish the season healthy with the Packers? Yes or no? We, we can't make it any less complicated than that. Vote. Tell us what you think. Tell you what I think. Skins plus three is pretty good. I'm calling that as a winner. Green Bay can move the ball. But can they stop anybody? I don't I I'm not convinced. Let's do do we have a time we have time for one more? Okay. To the NFC South, New Orleans New Orleans. This is they the, they got a slow start last year. They was they started 0-2 last year, came roaring back to make it to the playoffs. And if it wasn't for that ridiculous uh Case Keenum throw and the safety tackled his own guy, then uh Vikings might have been playing for a Super Bowl. Maybe. Probably not, but maybe. But they're one and one this year. They sh- they're a Zane Gonzalez from being 0-2. The Browns kicker that missed all those uh extra points and field goals last week. Just just terrible, terrible. 
The Saints should be 0-2. They're, they're not. They're 1-1. The table is set pretty well for them this year. They're getting three points at Atlanta. Atlanta's got problems of their own. We've talked about the play calling. We've talked about how Steve Sarkeesian is basically like in his dad's Ferrari tearing up the clutch, trying to drive up and down the street. That's what it feels like. with the, And I, I don't just mean the red zone. I mean just all over the field. Doesn't matter the down or distance. This guy does not know how to call an NFL game. Oh, by the way, your starting guard is out for the year now. Andy Levitra, torn triceps. He's done. Stick a fork in him. Julio Jones has a calf injury. Expected to play. Devontae Freeman, not expected to play. He still has a a knee situation. He's out for another week. Atlanta should win this game. You know, you're talking about the NFL. There are games you're supposed to win. And it usually breaks down like this. You're supposed to win games at home. And you're supposed to win games against sub-500 teams, which I think the Saints are, and I think they will be, over the course of the season if, if they continue on this trajectory, and there's no reason to think that they won't. The Falcons should win this game, but I think it will be close, and I think the Saints are going to hang in there. And the Saints have shown that they can throw the ball. I mean, obviously Drew Brees, but they could function in a low-scoring environment. Alvin Kamara, every time I watch him play, I'm impressed. Just a, a giant person that moves with incredible speed. So my verdict on that is Saints plus three. I think it's going to be a great game. And you might think, well, we see this game twice a year. It's not going to be that. It's going to be a great game. Two dome teams slinging it. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to get to the rest of the week three slate. Coming up here, we're picking against the spread this year. That's something new we're doing. I hope you enjoy that. We're going to have that and more coming up for you next. It's America's pre-pregame show. It's Kickoff Express. Hi, this is Josh Circle. Wanted to say thanks again for listening to Kickoff Express, America's pre-pregame show. Right here on the old House of Punte stream, available on iTunes. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Kickoff Express. Wait for the drums. The drums are the best part here. Welcome back to Kickoff Express. It's America's pre-pregame show. Week three. I would say it has been a a good NFL season so far. There's been some baloney that uh, we were talking about that roughing the passer call in Minnesota. Other than that, I mean, the games have been pretty good. They've been exciting to watch. It's been back and forth. There's been action. We've seen big stars make big plays. Baker Mayfield, Thursday night. So it's been it's been a good season. It hasn't been great. 
and I know we're only two weeks in. I have high hopes for these games coming up. And why shouldn't I? Because it's football. Football's fun. Let's get to this. I just, this machine gun by the Commodores. We switched it up for the, the Burt Reynolds tribute show. We're going to stay with it. You can't go wrong with Burt Reynolds. All right. Um, by the way, Carson Wentz is coming back. He's going to make his 2018 debut today as the Eagles host the Indianapolis Colts. A much ballyhooed return to be sure. And I wonder... Just a little bit if, if there had might had been a quarterback controversy if the team had made a better showing against Tampa Bay last week. And I'm not putting that on Foles. I think the Eagles defense just got torched by uh, by maybe the hottest hand in the NFL in Ryan Fitzpatrick. They need a spark. The Eagles do. Super Bowl hangover is a very real thing. Wentz coming back is going to Give them, I think, a spark or two. Double spark. For the Colts, Andrew Luck, um, he looks like Andrew Luck. He's actually getting protection this year. He's only sacked three times so far. So that's good news. I don't want to see him take a lot of damage. When you look at this game, at the end of the day, you have a, a second-year quarterback really still on his, on his rookie string. He's going to have some rust. Playing against a, a capable NFL defense at home. I, I, almost a perfectly average NFL defense. We're going to have a pretty good idea of what Carson Wentz will look like over the course of the season. By what happens today. Colts are getting six and a half. I'm taking that six and a half. Denver at Baltimore. What do you make of the Ravens? Blow out the Bills at home in week one. Come back and you look like milk toast against the Bengals on a short week. Now keep in mind, the Broncos are coming to them. This game's in Baltimore. And the Ravens have a 10 days rest. Flacco. The joke is I don't want to say it's a joke that we consider Flacco an elite quarterback. He's got a Super Bowl. He has a Super Bowl ring. He owns that. But he's not been getting it done. And I don't think there is enough talent on the offensive side. I like Alex Collins. I like him a lot. But I, get, I can't help but shake the feeling that if he was in some other places, that he'd be doing a lot more. He would be more productive. I think they count on him a little too much. I still like the Ravens here. I'll lay the five. My feeling on that is if you could stop Von Miller, you're going to get Flacco time to throw. And I think I think the Ravens have the personnel to get that done. I'm taking the laying the five, taking Baltimore. All right, I have this game circled, underlined, and starred. San Francisco at Kansas City. Pat Mahomes. AFC Player of the Week again in Week 2. Has there been a better start in the history of this league than what Pat Mahomes has done? 
10 passing touchdowns in his first two games. There's no reason to think he can't do this all season. I mean, he's going to hit some bumps in the road. Don't get me wrong. But you can't tell me that 60 touchdowns is out of reach here. If you got Sunday ticket, like, this is this is my hero game. I'm watching this in my garage on a 120-inch horizontal screen. Pat Mahomes is playing arena football. Grabble looks good, and this is a good defense. But Kansas City has so many weapons. So many weapons. He's not going to throw for four touchdowns today. He might throw for three. What would you put the over-under? I, I would put it two and a half. I would put it right at two and a half. I'm laying the seven. Give me the Chiefs. Giants at Houston. Houston laying six points. Bill O'Brien once again running this team into the ground. Say what you want about Hugh Jackson and Marvin Lewis. The, the worst coach in this league is Bill O'Brien. But you don't know it because he's surrounded by talent. So his teams just look mediocre instead of bad. You put J.J. Watt on the Bengals, they're going to win the AFC. Granted, with Atkins and Dunlop there, if you put Watt on, in with that group, they're winning the AFC. He's got Watt and Clowney sometimes. And a very good quarterback at Deshaun Watson. And why O'Brien gets any credit for what Watson does. He's already ruining Watson. Did you see the end of that game last week against the Titans? That is the look of Deshaun Watson looking. Not sure whether he could throw it out of bounds or throw it down the field and be a hero. That is the, the, the deer in the headlights look of a man playing for a coach that doesn't know what the hell he's doing. I'm sorry. It's a home game. We're talking about games you got to win. This is a game you got to win. At home, against a team from the other conference, doesn't not familiar with your building. This should be in the bag. And yet, I just... And it's the Giants. I mean, it's not, there's not much to love here either. Olivier Vernon hasn't played all year. He might play today. We'll see. I'm going to lay the six. I'm changing my mind. I had Giants on here. I'm going to say Texas minus six, but, man, I, I hate myself for it. I hate myself for it. Bengals at Panthers. Some of you are going to be watching this game. This is a big game for the. This is a... This is a show-me game. The Bengals could go on the road and take care of business against the Panthers. Let's forget about what they did last year. I, I think they're, they're in the conversation for winning that division. Conversely, I think if the Panthers have a strong showing here, they're in conversations for being a, a NFC contender as well. It's not, it's not a matchup that a lot of people are going to be talking about. Which is amazing. I think it's the second best matchup on the board right now. I got KC and San Fran. And I got this one right behind it. Carolina's laying three points. 
And I, I think it sounds about right. I'm going to take Carolina. I will lay those. I will lay those three points. You can have them. It's going to be a good game. John Gruden taking the Raiders to Miami. And all I can think about with John Gruden is two things. His ridiculous remarks every time he's asked about a pass rusher. After trading Khalil Mack to the Bears. And that stupid tire commercial. Where he is lecturing the tire. The flat tire. I used to... I, the first time I saw that, that was hilarious. Now I'm just like, what is wrong with you? I question the mental health of someone that does that. I know, I'm no fun. I can't help it. Taking the three. Oakland plus three. This Raiders team is not that bad. They're not that bad. Tennessee at Jacksonville. Leonard Fournette did practice this week. He was limited Wednesday, limited Thursday. I would expect to see him. I would expect a, a pretty significant beatdown. The line, look, the line was not up on this game. Probably because Fournette was not, uh, his status was unclear. But I like Jacksonville here. And if you're laying a couple points, that's fine. I feel good about it. It's a division game. Titans look good. I like the Titans as an organization. They're spending money. They have talent on both sides of the ball. Good young quarterback. Jaguars are a team of destiny. That's not as mythical. I don't. That sounds more mythical than I mean it to. They're a team of destiny. Take a Jags. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take them. I'm gonna call that straight up. Chargers at Rams. Rams land seven. This is the fight for LA. Hepatitis for everyone. This Rams team can only be stopped with the attributes that the Chargers have. Good pass rush. Experienced secondary. This is not a... I, I, the Rams are immensely talented here. This is not a great matchup for them. And you still have Phillip Rivers on the other side of the, of the ball. That offense has been clicking. The production may not show it, but that is a good offense right now. I'm laying the seven. I'm taking the Chargers. All right, we got a few more. Let's blow through these. Cowboys at Seahawks. Seahawks laying one. The Seahawks have a drop kicker in Michael Dixon. And still no offensive line. Russell Wilson a little banged up. I don't care. I love Russell Wilson. You can have that one point. I'm taking Seattle. Chicago and Arizona, they, they are who we thought they were, Bull. Remember that Danny Green press conference from many, many years ago? And we let him off the hook. The Cardinals getting six and a half here. Take it. Okay, I'm, I got Seattle. I got Chicago all day. Trubisky's coming around. Look, he's not He's not where he needs to be. Jordan Howard is good. That defense is good, and Mack is insane. It is insane how... And look, we would not be talking about him if the trade hadn't happened the week before the season and his first two games hadn't been on national TV. But he has been a monster for two weeks. 
There's no reason to think that won't continue. Sunday night game. Patriots at Detroit. Lions getting seven. I mean, come on. How much time? How, how much do I need to break down this game for you? And spare me the Brady-Belichick drama. These are not a couple of high school cheerleaders in a locker room. These are professional grown men that like to win. And understand that they need to tolerate each other to win. See Brady at the end of that Jaguars game last week? He's ready to kill somebody. This is a guy that doesn't eat red meat. This is a guy that eats broccoli and bottled water all day. He was rabid. Pretty serious. They're going to get back on track. This line team sucks. It'll be neat to see what Matt Patricia does against his former team. But at the end of the day, it's not going to be much. This team sucks. Monday night game. Steelers at Buccaneers. Buccaneers getting a point. Is this the end of the Fitzmagic Mystery Tour? I sure hope not. Jameis Winston will have some big shoes to fill. Maybe not a big jacket to fill, but some big shoes to fill when he comes back. I'm taking Tampa Bay in there. And those are the picks. I hope you enjoyed that. Good games. Some good storylines, too. The New England game's going to be interesting. That'll be a nice little cap for the evening, for the day. And if you're going to watch nine hours of football like I am and neglect your family and get a little time to yourself, hey, you've earned it, first of all. Second of all, enjoy all those games. We will do another show for you next week. Until then, I'll see you on the Internet. This has been America's pre-pregame show. It was Kickoff Express.